Last week, we shared with you the first half of our interview with Jolene Philo, where she's discussing the five love languages and how they can benefit you in every aspect of your family life. Tune in this week for the second half for some great tips and hacks that will change your life. So enjoy. Is your family a success? Is there even a measure for family success? We think there is. And with a 20-year track record of success, we're going to show you how to bless your family with success in your health, relationships, and finances. I'm Steve King. And I'm Katie King. And along with some awesome guests, we are going to give you our secrets to family success. Welcome to Family Success Secrets. Typically, in marriage, you at least get a couple years head start that you can practice your love languages between spouses before the children arrive. So in a sense, we kind of hope that you get that well established. And so that is also a great marriage tip there. Don't <laughs> yes. wait until you have kids to get started on that one. So that's, yeah. that's a, that's a good communication strategy um, that you might want to have in place before things get loud. And I've heard a very, a lot of people have said um, that, when they go in for premarital counseling mm. that they use the love languages book a lot of pastors and sure. counseling services use it oh that does make sense mm-hmm. that you would that you would offer it up the more people yeah. know about it uh yeah that's good you can implement it more more widely yeah mm-hmm. yeah there we go cool now you've also got the idea that you can use this with medical professionals or maybe even some other type of professions as, as needed, but uh, share with us how, how you would share this with medical professionals uh, to aid with the care and treatment of a child with special needs. Sure. And the other profession that um, I really talk about in the book about using it with is uh, people in the schools, educational professionals, because it works really well there too. So when we're talking about medical professionals, the key, in fact, the key who, whatever professional you want to use the love languages with, however you want to communicate to them what your child's love languages are so that they can better communicate with your child and make them feel secure and welcome and comfortable because then whatever's going on, like if you're doing some kind of therapy, they're going to respond better to the therapy and cooperate better if they feel like they're loved. And the same is true, you know, if you have to go in for a medical procedure, if they feel secure, it's not going to be nearly as difficult to get the child to cooperate. So the main thing, I learned this from parents who have used the love languages and communicated their child's love language to a doctor or therapist or whoever, is to make sure that you're using the language of the profession. So if if it's uh, in the medical field, you would, you would say something like, they really respond to deep pressure. You would tell that to the therapist or to the nurse or whoever is working with the child. Or you might just say, you know, when you're doing this kind of procedure, it's really going to help if you just hold her hand and rub her arm. Or if you can when you're doing this with my child or when you have to um, get ready to do a procedure, if you can look my child in the eye and explain it to them in words, 
they're going to be more cooperative with you, especially if you give them a lot of positive feedback along the way. Anytime they're, they're doing what you need them to do, make sure that you compliment them and thank them or whatever. Or if you could just come in and spend a little time with my child beforehand, getting to know him or her, maybe playing a little game, my child's going to cooperate with you better. There's quality time. Or if you have a trinket box for the kids that like receiving and giving gifts, you have a little trinket box and they know that at the end of this, they get to choose a little trinket. They're going to do better for you. And if acts of service, that's the other one. If it's acts of service, ask them, you know, I need a helper for this part of it. Could you be my helper by holding this? You know, and it could be something that has, you don't even need for the procedure you're doing, but if they just like a tongue depressor for them to hold or whatever, that's going to help the acts of service kids. Uh, the other part of that, I think it's really important for anybody in a medical professional or anybody in a medical profession to make sure that they are minimizing pain and doing all they can to listen to the parents and let the parents be there to comfort and help the kids feel safe while things are happening. And I write about that a lot more in my book on uh, PTSD and children, because that's a big issue. Yeah, they can have a much more heightened sense of, of, of touch or pain or being scared. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's easy to see. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Those are incredible, incredible tips. <laughs> I mean, really good because um, I'm thinking even just in the scenario where kids have to go in for labs, for example, mm -hmm. that's a tremendous way to comfort a child who otherwise might be terrified and wiggle so much you can't accomplish the lab, you know, yeah. or Mm -hmm. Even occupational therapy, you know, very applicable for all of that and probably calming to the service provider, I would assume. Well, yeah. I mean, if you've got a child that's cooperating with you rather than screaming and trying to run away, it's yeah. just going to make the day easier for the service provider, too, because they don't really enjoy making kids feel terrified and hurting them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this is an amazingly wonderful, comprehensive tool that just seems like, you know, even though we've talked about dealing with special needs children and marriage and siblings and medical professionals really can extend out from the special needs family into the community. It can, it can extend out into that extended family who may not understand what you're going through or to your, your friends and family, your neighbors, people who might want to understand, but don't really know. And you can show them loving kindness and even explain to them about your child, how they can interact better and remove some of the unknown, you know, especially parents right now who have kids with autism, for example. I know that's a real struggle when they go into, I hear it all the time when they go out into the community, that if their child makes strange noises, if they have, you know, behaviors and movements that are really challenging, I mean, it can become, I mean, in public, people can be critical. And this is such a nice way that you can build a bridge um, with anybody who's open to listening or hearing. I, I really appreciate this so much. Well, and that's one thing I uh, kind of both sides of the same coin, I encourage caregiving families to share this book with their friends and extended family, especially often grandparents 
who want to be able to do something, but maybe just don't know how to go about it. So that, so you give them this book and you say, say, I'd like you to read it. And it's an easy read. And also say to them, and I want you to know here, here, yeah, here are love languages and give them a little list of love languages of everybody in your family. So as they read, they can see, oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could help this way. And then um, ask them to take the quiz and let you know what their love languages are so that mm -hmm. you as the caregiving family can do the same thing. And I, I do the flip side, which is the other side of the coin. You can also give the book to the extended family or friends or whatever and say, okay, read this book and then give it to the caregiving family that you know as a gift and let them read through it and ask them to tell you what their love languages are so you can love them and be part of their lives and support them in the most effective ways possible. So it kind of is a win-win when you do it that way. Absolutely. Actually, I've already got a couple of families in mind that I'm thinking yeah. I should share this with because they are related to a family who is caregiving. And I hadn't thought about that as much as I've cherished the book myself. I now have a new new step I'm going to take. <laughs> mm -hmm. And to be honest, when I talk to families, either they are, um, or and I should say to the grandparents, especially either they are very involved in the, the lives of their grandchildren with disabilities and are a tremendous support or they have no idea of what to do and they don't know how to relate and 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 so they just don't do anything and you know that that's just a loss for everyone so anything we can do to enhance that uh, connection with grandparents I think is so important tremendously important because the life of a caregiver, when you haven't signed up for the job, you haven't gone and gotten training, this isn't your life's passion, but your child is your passion. It can become so exhausting. You need mm -hmm. to have a break. You need, you know, everyone else gets off of work and gets to have a weekend off. When it's your child, you don't have any time off, even though you adore them and you feel guilty for wanting time off. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and I, I just was at a conference this last weekend um, it was about a very rare genetic condition that's just been um, identified in like the last 10 years. So in that time, the number of cases in the world has gone from like none to 400 and almost 500 worldwide cases. And they know there are many more out there that they just haven't got the genetic, you know, testing done yet. And at this little conference, which was just like maybe 15 families, some of them meeting another family with the same, dealing with the same condition for the first time ever, there were like three or four of them that had grandparents along who wanted to come to the conference to learn more. And those families, you could just see how much easier it was and how much less stressed they were than some of the others that are going it alone, yeah. you know, and don't have any network. So, man, if we can encourage that, whether it's a whether it is a blood relative or maybe it's just a good friend who wants to come alongside and, and be that honorary grandparent or aunt or uncle to this, this family. That's right. That makes a tremendous difference. And, you know, there are so many people in churches and other community organizations who themselves feel lonely and what better way to give of yourself and to fulfill a need of not being lonely to go and 
partner with another family who really needs yes. you and would appreciate having you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me, I know I picked up my book on Amazon. Is there another location that would be good for families to go and grab this book? It's available at any bookstore. They should, whether it's on the shelf, it may not be on the shelf, but it could certainly be ordered through any bookstore, your local independent bookstore. If, if somebody wants a copy that's signed, they can contact me and I can sell them that way. So just um, go to my website, differentdream.com and there's a contact me button and you can just email me and we can make the arrangements. It probably won't be quite as cheap as you can get on Amazon because I have to pay, when I get the books, I have to pay for shipping to me and then shipping to you plus sales tax. But um, when you, if you want to sign copy or you want to give one as a special gift to somebody that's kind of, some people yeah, really love that. I think that's the way to go. <laughs> I think and 60 some years of signing my own name. To me, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but for certain people it is. It is, I think it's really special. So that's great. Okay. So again, would you say your website name one more? Wait, wait, you can't go to that yet. I just want to make sure everybody knows how to go get the book. <laughs> you jumped ahead. Go ahead. Jumped ahead. We got to ask the signature question before we ask people, ask you to tell people where they can find you. Okay. So the one thing that we like to do in every episode is, is give our guests the opportunity to share one thing, either from your personal life or from your professional expertise something that you could just quickly lay out for the listeners that they can easily implement in their own home for some amount of quick win. What, what would you say that would be? Mine would be to let people in um, that the greater world outside our homes has no idea, unless they're another caregiving family, they have no idea of the extra stresses and, and the challenges that we face. And they will never know unless we let them in. And I'm speaking about this from personal experience. Growing up with my dad, my mom was very hesitant to let anyone except family, which meant my brother, sister, and myself, and an aunt and uncle who lived uh, a few blocks away. They were the ones that she would go to when she needed anything. If anybody else asked and you knew they were willing to help, she would say, we're fine, we don't need anything. Well, we weren't fine and we really could have used something. And there were some people that persisted and did things like uh, they would call us and take us to the community Easter egg hunt because my dad couldn't do that, you know, and mom was a teacher. And so Saturday morning, she really didn't want to be among more screaming kids or you know, those kinds of things that some people just did for us. And what I discovered when we were raising our own son, we lived in a very small community and you had to let people in because they were, I mean, there were only 92 people in town. They were, you couldn't hide, <laughs> you couldn't be invisible. And, and so those people just did for us and helped and offered, and that made a world of difference. So I would really encourage everybody to make sure that you find someone you feel safe with and let them in and let them help you and let them become an extended family to your children. And because that will enrich everyone's lives, not just yours. Fantastic. Yeah. That is that is a, a very, very good tip. Thank you for Excellent. saying that. Yes. And I think it's a blessing both ways. It's not just a blessing to the family receiving the help, but 
that was a very, very challenging lesson for me when I was stuck on the couch, like I mentioned earlier, to allow some of the ladies from my Bible study who cooked the most delicious meals because I wasn't able to. And Steve was in grad school and they brought us meals regularly. And it was hard to say yes, but I cherish the memories and those relationships that were built. And they actually they loved it. They got to spend time yeah. with the kids. They said, oh, we were lonely, you know, because their kids were grown and gone. And so they would come and they'd read books to the kids and they'd get to sit and we would chat. And it was amazing to hear the blessings that they were able to receive just simply by us saying yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And and it, it's very humbling for us to have to admit that we need help, which is part of why we, we don't want to do it because we think people are going to look down on us or whatever, or think that we're, you know, just having our hand out all the time, but we really do need to allow other people the opportunity to serve. You know, you can't take it too far. You can't be asking all the time, but you're going to have people that are wanting to help and we need to let them know ways that they can help. I always encourage parents to just make a list of if somebody says, what can I do? You know, you're kind of like a deer in the headlights. You can't think of anything at the moment. So if you have a list of things that would really be helpful from helping, you know, carpool and take my kids to whatever they have to get to, to meals on certain nights, to household chores, to just anything. If you have those things written down, you can mention it to people and then they can say, oh, yeah, I could do that. Or, you know, well, that's not going to work for me. Right. Yeah. So maybe think about it ahead of time. What are some, exactly. some easy things that wouldn't be too much of a burden for somebody that you would feel comfortable with them taking on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that we're all into, you know, placing our grocery orders online and then going to pick them up. You could just get somebody and say, okay, when do you do yours? If I put mine in, could you just, could you pick mine up and drop it off at my house? That's mm -hmm. not even hard. Yeah. Not hard at all. Yeah. No. It'd be a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, we're all trying to get the kids in the car. Uh, <laughs> it's like a circus. It's <laughs> hard enough when they, yeah. It's hard enough with kids that are mobile and, you know, can, can do it easily. But when you add a child, especially with mobility issues, oh my gosh, it's just like. It's yeah. much harder. It's much harder yeah. seasonally too, you know, in yeah. a hot, hot summer day or a, mm -hmm. a super cold winter day, you know, that's, yeah. that's not a small effort on the part of the family who's, who's got to deal with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And people mm -hmm. who haven't dealt with mobility issues before have no idea. They have no clue how hard that is. Yeah. yeah really difficult. Even, mm -hmm. even mild mobility issues can create just a time lag in how quickly you can get out the door and how efficiently you can buckle up. And it can just, every little bit of output that a parent puts in every single minute of every single day eventually adds up. And so if you can even save that, what should have been three minutes, save that 15 minutes and just not have to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, or put or save the stress from the child because sometimes it's just extra stress and then the kid melts down sooner in the day. It's exactly. just a blessing. And then they've got that energy and, you know, that wherewithal, the emotional wherewithal for something else that really matters more than going to pick up the groceries. Yep, exactly. Excellent. 
let's say one more time, if you don't mind, where can they find your website? Because I know people are going to be clamoring to connect with you, learn about your book releases, find the book, Sharing Love Abundantly in Special Needs Families, as well as your PTSD book. Yes. If you, if you want to go to my website, that is for parents of kids with disabilities and special needs, that is called differentdream.com. You can get me there, differentdream.com. If you want to know about my new fiction series that features people with disabilities, that is at my website, jolenephilo.com. So that's J-O-L-E-N-E, -E, like the Dolly Parton song, that spelling, and philo is P-H-I-L-O.com. So, and I, there's a contact button on both places, and I do respond to those emails. All right. Fantastic. And I will also make sure that I put those links in the description for anybody who is driving and cannot write that down. Later, yeah. you can go to the description and click the link and then you can connect with Jolene. Jolene, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your heart, your story with all of us and for blessing families like Steve's and mine so richly with everything that you've done. We really appreciate you. Well, thank you. You know, as an author, you don't often hear or get to meet face to face with somebody that has read your book and said it's helped. So this has just been a delight for me. Good. Good. All right. Well, we will look forward to also, just so that everyone knows and can look forward to this, we're going to create an episode about PTSD soon as well. And we will release another one that we will keep a mystery for the future. Ooh. So look to hear more from Jolene soon. All right, everybody have a great week. Jolene, thank you again. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from this episode. And it was such an honor to have you here today. Please, if you've liked this episode, share it with a friend, share it with a family member, anyone that you know might benefit. And if you wouldn't mind taking 30 seconds to subscribe to the show, to rate, and especially to give us a review, you would bless us greatly. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from this podcast, we would be honored if you would share it. Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Head over to podcast.familysuccesssecrets.com to have a top-rated Family Success Secret sent straight to your inbox. We look forward to spending time with you again next week during our next episode. See you then. Bye, everyone.